Hello everyone, this is episode four, if you can believe that, of Politics Matters. This is me, DJ Mr. Johnson, and with me is Mr. Rosevier, who is so excited it's number four because in two more podcasts, I'll be using my other hand to count. Wow. Start using your fingers and toes, yes. Okay, uh, we are talking today about uh, the dismissal, 1975, the co- our one major constitutional crisis uh, and there's a couple of concepts we probably need to get out the way first. One of them is this concept of circular accountability, Mr. Rosalia. What is that? All right, circular accountability is the idea that the Governor-General, even though technically answerable to the Queen, is really answerable to the Prime Minister, and the Prime Minister is answerable to the Governor-General. Each keeps the other in check to ensure that they are both behaving responsibly and according to law. Thank you very much. And the other key concept we need to talk about is this concept of supply, which is so important in our parliamentary system. Very much. Supply is the idea that government is required to fund its ordinary services on an annual basis. This is provided for in the Constitution and under ordinary circumstances, in fact, extraordinary circumstances, the Senate cannot amend a supply bill. It's different from appropriations. Supply is everyday, ordinary uh, expenditure of government. Appropriations are those special one-off projects. For that, the Senate can actually make amendments. Thank you, sir. And the interesting thing, of course, is that in comparison to the US system where supply is almost used like a brinkmanship and a political uh, and technique. And a sledgehammer and, and a baseball bat all yes, in one. Yes, with us it's, it actually brings down the government if you can't guarantee supply, doesn't it? Very much. Uh, I thought just very quickly, a bit of a history leading up to the crisis. So Whitlam was elected in 1973. 72. Labor, 72, thank you. Yep. Uh, uh, on a... Um, Substantial majority in the House of Reps. No, actually no. about six or seven seats, I think. Often mm. considered to be a landslide, but really what mattered was that it was the first time a non-Labor... A, a Labor government was in office since 1949. Mm-hmm. People often confuse that for a landslide. It actually There have actually been much bigger uh, majorities enjoyed by governments in the House of Reps coming into office. Mm. Uh, the important thing, of course, is they had a very slim majority in the Senate. Uh, there were two... That is, majority of two, I think, or might have been majority of one... Um, and one of Whitlam's interesting decisions was to move one of the senators, Attorney General Lionel Murphy, Murphy. move him from the Senate to the High Court. He was offered a role in the High Court. Um, and then later on, another senator passed away unexpectedly. But what was interesting about those scenarios is our homegrown convention, which had been around, of course, since Federation, that a senator would be replaced from his own party both of the parliaments uh, of those states that they came from uh, didn't follow that convention. Well, not not, not uh, concisely, no. no. Uh, one of them was an independent and one of them was a former Labour member who, who had resigned from the Labour Party but was still seeing himself as Labour. OK, so we've got the, the tension. We've basically got uh, the uh, government of the day has lost control of the Senate probably haven't mentioned about the sort of economic crisis that was happening at the time. There were a lot of things happening. And there was all sorts of other crises happening. It was a little bit like watching... There uh, was so the, the the thing about the dismissals is you can put it into two two tranches. You can have what was leading up under the Whitlam government. In in that instance, you had uh, ministers borrowing money from overseas, which requires the governor general's approval. They weren't getting it until ex post facto, which really upset the GG. Uh, you had sex scandals. You had uh, concepts of people lying in the house. All sorts of things were going on. Public confidence in government uh, was down when he called a double dissolution in seven. Uh, I think it was a double dissolution in seventy four or an election nonetheless mm. in seventy four. Yeah, majority was whittled down 
Um, Whitlam was really suffering. He was he was not doing very well uh, in the political opinion polls. Yeah, and so Fraser, as leader of the coalition, uh, urged his senators to block supply of uh, of the budget. Didn't did they not? They did. And what mm. was really interesting is a lot of people say, well, that really broke convention. And technically, mm. it did. The, mm. the Senate had never done it before. Nonetheless, when Whitlam was leader of the opposition, he gave instruction. He publicly declared that if he had the numbers in the Senate, he would block. Mm. the mm. government's uh, supply bills. This was, I think, in the early 1970s before he became mm. Prime Minister himself. So it was actually a threat Whitlam used against a Liberal government and it ended up, ironically, being what brought down Whitlam's Labor government. I was going to say, interestingly, you could say it's a breach of convention, but had there ever been a Senate in that position where they would have been able to block uh, supply in the past? I'd have to go back yeah, to no. pre-proportional representation. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so we've got this scenario... There's the. the Supply is being uh, blocked, the budget's being blocked, uh, the crisis is happening in terms of politics. Can you tell us about how the dismissal actually took place? Yes. Everyone sit down, get a cup of tea. It's going to be long. <laughs> I'll do it as quick as I can. Uh, effectively, uh, the Governor-General um, was deeply concerned that the government could not pass supply. Supply bills are on an annual basis and they tend to uh, have a little bit of leeway in them that when they, they don't have to be in mid-year that you have to pass down a budget, they tend to have a couple of additional months to it should there be problems so the public service can continue to get paid. Mm. Uh, unfortunately for Whitlam's government that those few months were starting to run out. So the Governor-General, Sir John Kerr, who'd been appointed or nominated to the Queen mm. by Whitlam himself, mm. uh, was very concerned that supply Formula. was... Former Labour man himself. He was indeed. Was mm. he was he was concerned that supply was not going to get passed, that the country was going to grind to a halt. There was nothing he could do to make the Senate vote in favour uh, of it. All he could do was insist that uh, Whitlam call a double dissolution election under Section 57. Whitlam refused to do this. Instead, he recommended to the Governor General a half Senate election, which is constitutionally allowed except for Kerr's problem that by the time the election results for the Senate had come in, supply would have run out, it would have expired. Mm. That meant um, Kerr had to make a choice, um, continue to wait to see if the opposition would blink and allow supply to be passed and not bring the country to a halt, or revoke uh, Whitlam's commission as a Minister of State or Federal Executive Councillor, both, uh, and in the process uh, effectively dismiss the government so what Whitlam, uh, what Kerr did was that he got advice from the Chief Justice of the High Court, which mm. was considered to be a breach of convention, but it had actually been done a few times mm. uh, in the early part of Federation. He then spoke with Fraser and said if he appointed Fraser to the Prime Ministership, would he guarantee that Fraser would ask for the Senate to reconvene immediately, pass the supply bill, get it to the Governor-General's office for royal assent, and then advise the Governor-General to call an election. Uh, Fraser said that he would. Whitlam pops along later that day, late in the morning mm. uh, on yeah, Remembrance Day. He's largely oblivious to all this. Totally point, unaware of what's going on. Mm. Fraser's, Fraser's uh, office car is driven around the back of Government House so that uh, <laughs> Whitlam's not aware it's there. Whitlam's being entertained with a mint julep or something like that in another room. Um, and Whitlam is effectively given, was effectively asked, I need you to advise me to call a, um, a double dissolution election. Whitlam refuses. He insists that Fraser will blink, that they will pass supply. Whitlam says, I'm sorry, I no longer have confidence in well, you. Curses. Sorry, Kerr says, I no yep. longer have confidence in you. This is the issue of circular accountability. I am revoking your commission. Whitlam allegedly asks, have you asked the palace, that is the Queen? Um, and Kerr correctly says, I don't need to. The power resides with the Governor-General and I have invoked it. Um, 
Kerr go, uh, Whitlam goes back to Government House, uh, sorry, to the lodge, the Prime Minister's residence, with several of his key mates, has a lovely lunch, while Fraser mm. is telling the President of the Senate, we're ready to vote in favour of your supply bill. Mm. President of the Senate thinks, yippee, it's my day today, calls the Senate to convene. The Senate convenes, they pass the supply bill just as Whitlam r- arrives at mm. Parliament House to have a caucus meeting, only to discover that all his senators aren't there because they've been summoned to the Senate to pass the supply bill, thinking that the opposition has blinked. <laughs> Um, Then a few hours later, the House of Representatives is uh, convened. Uh, Whitlam moves a motion of no confidence against Fraser. That motion is successful. It's the only one that's ever been successful, isn't it? Except it wasn't successful because it never reaches the government government house. Yes. Because by that stage, Fraser has asked the Governor-General to issue writs for a general election under Section 57. Mm. And by the time that uh, the Clerk of the House gets to Government House, there is no House of Representatives, it has been dissolved. Mm. So it's a really good comment there. Has a motion of confidence ever succeeded? Yes and no. It yeah. actually did go against the government. Signed. It just didn't reach government house mm. in time. But the, um, I was going to say, so the important, I mean, what are the uh, important takeaways? Um, we talk about reserve powers of the Governor-General. The Governor-General under Section 64 commissions ministers. That's correct, on advice of Federal Executive Council. The yeah. tick, tick there is that Federal Executive Council is technically at the Governor-General's discretion. discretion. It doesn't require advice. So he can therefore revoke a, the commission of an FEC member, which and automatically the, revokes their... their minister, of, minister of State. Yeah, very clever. Yeah, very clever. very clever use of it. It's a sad end to John Kerr, wasn't it, at the end? Because he was pretty well, much... He was he was um, expelled from the Labor Party. Yeah. Um, there was a... Parried, parodied. And parodied that. around uh, everywhere. Mm, and mm. when he died... Um, Although there was a state funeral. Almost like a pauper's funeral. Um, yeah, no one from the ALP was allowed to attend uh, the funeral of a former life member of the ALP and Governor-General. And he was just doing his job? Uh, indeed. Oh, it's controversial. Some people say that he was deliberately political and manipulative. Mm. Mm. And Parliament House, uh, the palace letters indicates that he was certainly plotting to get rid of the Prime Minister. But they also indicate that um, Whitlam had, he had not emailed, had written letters to the palace saying if the... Queen was to receive my advice to sack the Governor-General, would she do it? And according to her Principal Private Secretary, Charteris, the response was, yes, she would follow the advice of her Australian Prime Minister. Mm. Uh, something that Holly, that um, that Kerr was deeply concerned about turns mm. out to be actually true. That's right. It, it was wh- whoever was going to get the resignation, or not resignation, the... To resign, to... Um, force the resignation or, yeah. Dismiss them first. Mm, mm. So it was either Kerr get in first or Whitlam get in first. first. I don't understand what Whitlam would get out of it, dismissing the vice-regal authority when there is no scandal around them, mm. because at that point there had been no scandal, mm. uh, would have led to probably even greater level of constitutional crisis because yeah. then the administer the administrator of the Commonwealth would have to come in, take over from the Governor-General, and what do they do? The supply problem is still there. Mm. Mm. It would have resolved nothing, nothing. except mm. created a crisis in which the Prime Minister dismisses the Queen's representative. Yeah, and at the end of the day, that's why we have the Governor-General, isn't it? As the, in, as the final fail-safe. Indeed, and people you know, go, well, that's a reason why we should become a republic, etc. If anything, what it really demonstrated, the reserve powers of the Governor-General work. Well, I can say, becoming a republic doesn't solve this issue. What, what happens if you had a president that was elected of on, a different on a popular par- on, on a, a popular diff- mandate and, of, uh, on, on, and from a different party? Absolutely, they yeah. they would actually have a greater mandate to fulfil whatever they wanted mm. to do than a prime minister elected on a majoritarian system. Mm. There you go. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's episode four. It was a long one. I hope you enjoyed that. See you next week. Bye.